Welcome to the podcast of the fabulous Las Vegas Rotary Club. My name is Jacqueline Thornhill, and I am honored to serve as the 97th president. Our club focuses on youth, children's literacy, and we support our active duty military and veterans. We meet on Thursdays at Lowry's at noon. For more information, please visit LasVegasRotary.com or follow us on Facebook at Las Vegas Rotary Club founded 1923, where you can watch a live stream of our weekly meetings. Please enjoy this week's speaker. For the veterans here, how many of you are aware of the 442nd Infantry Battalion? The reason why I ask is that's my connection to this speaker. My father was a member of the 442nd Infantry Battalion. He not only served as the club president for that group, but he came back to Hawaii and <clears throat> was the director of the Veterans Employment Represent Representative Service for Hawaii and the Pacific Islands. So I grew up immersed in Veterans Affair. So to know that our speaker today is the Director of Veterans Services for the State of Hawaii is so similar to what my father did for the State of Hawaii and the Pacific Islands. So we are so privileged to have someone who not only has a remarkable background, but someone who has given to veterans in a very significant way. So please help me welcome Kat Miller. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm going to ask my, uh, my co-worker, Mr. Fred Wagger, to come up. He's going to help me a little bit. And could, could I move one of the chairs over so Fred, when he's not talking, can sit and do a... Oh, yeah, he can sit right there. Never mind. We got some nice fancy seat. So um, as your president said, thank you. Um, my name is Kat. I'm the director of veteran services for the state of Nevada. Um, what that means is I serve on Governor Sisolak's cabinet, and, and I handle all things veterans for the state. So what I'm going to do today is just take you a little through about some of the things we do, because a lot of times people think we're the federal VA, and they don't understand what we can do and how we can help our veterans and our veteran family members. And then I want to tell you a few things that are top of mind, and I want to open up to questions. So it's not going to be a super long presentation, so if you could just hold your questions, we'll, we'll go ahead and cover those at the end. But before I start, as the Director of Veteran Services, it's important to me to know who we have in the room in terms of veterans. If you served in the United States Army, raise your hand and sound off. Do you have any soldiers there? Awesome. Oh, Fred just made a noise. Hua. Anybody? We have some young folk out there. You know how to say hua. If you're in the Army, sound off. Oh, all right. That's what the Army says when they sound off. Do we have any Marines here? Ura. Ura. And I can't, they usually spit on you, so if they're going <laughs> to, please be far away if they say that. Any other Marines? Just the one? How about United States Navy? Woo! No, no. No, they don't, no. No singing. No singing. I'm just jealous because the Army keeps changing its song and nobody knows what it is. No, the uh, Navy actually now says, hoo I don't know why. I think it's something the SEALs started, but they say hoo And then we've got the Air Force. Do we have any airmen or women here? Go Air Force. Go Air Force. What does the Air Force say? Nice putt. Nice putt. Exactly. 
I don't know what the Air Force says. They're never around to ask. They're at the bar someplace. But I'm sure, sure we'll figure it out someday. What about Coast Guard? Do we have any Coasties here? Or anybody who served in the Merchant Marines? They do an amazing job for our service, too. And now the most important group of all our family members. Do we have... Was that Coast Guard? No? You're just itching your nose? Okay. USO. Okay. Well, that brings in the next one. That's the families and the supporters. So a little story... Um, several years ago, I was getting ready to deploy. Well, several years ago. My son was three. Uh, and I went to a lovely spot called Grafenwehr, Germany, which if you ever get an invitation to go there, don't. Um, after two years of training, I went home early in the morning, about 8 o'clock, because I had been, hadn't gotten home till 2 in the morning. I, I had gotten in late, didn't want to wake my, my three-year-old up and say I love you, so I figured I'd give him a big kiss in the morning. So 8 o'clock in the morning, the phone rings. And uh, by the time I pick it up, my son, who was downstairs, had picked up the extension, and he was talking to my mom, his grandmother. And I will remember this conversation till the day I die. My, uh, my mom said, hey, Noah, my son's name, hey, Noah, is your mommy there? And my son said, oh, Grandma, mommy doesn't live here very much. <laughs> and of course, I said, I'm here, I'm here. But the sad fact is, for a lot of the children of those that serve in the military, mommy and daddy don't live there very much. Whether they're deployed, whether they were deployed in a combat during a time of war, or working very, very, very hard to do all the things it needs to do to keep our military successful on bases here in the United States and around the world, um, the families had to step in to help. The, the parent that was staying home, the aunt and uncle, the grandma and grandpa, the son or daughter, our supporters like the USO. So if you're a family member of somebody who served in the armed forces of the United States, please raise your hand. Let's give our family members a round of applause. Thank you, family members. So, Fred, if you'll advance the slide, let me introduce you to America's veterans. There's this narrative out there in the press that our veterans are victims or heroes. And most veterans are just like you and me. They're ordinary folks, joined the military for a variety of different reasons, some of them economic, some of them patriotism, some of them family heritage. <clears throat> However they start... They end up very different, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But they're not victims, and they're not heroes. They're people that are doing what they need to do to support their communities. There's almost 20 million of them. They're older on average than a non-veteran. 91% are male, but that number is changing. In the next uh, 20 years, that'll probably go up to about 20% female at current trends. The income of a veteran, the, the veterans have a higher median income than a non-veteran. And they're more likely to be homeowners, have a vehicle, be married, and have college than a non-veteran. So they're not really quite the lunkheads many people think they are, although there may be a few that are lunkheads. Next slide. Nevada's veterans, about 250,000. Now, the VA reports that about 217. But what's happened is that's based on old census data. And we've had this huge, well, you've seen it in Las Vegas, this huge movement uh, southwest of people in general. And that includes veterans because, what, they're on average older than non-veterans. Uh, think World War II, Korea, Vietnam. And so what's happening is Nevada's numbers are larger than are reflected on the national census. And we think about 250,000, of which 9.7% are women. A couple other demographics, active duty in Nevada, over 10,000. I know we have a couple here today, active duty. We also have National Guard and Reserve, about 5,000 of those. Here's some sad statistics, veteran homelessness. Uh, this was from the last point-in-time count, 676 homeless vets. 
The good news is, are there resources for every one of them? We brought that number down tremendously. So now you're talking about those that are really difficult to house for a variety of different reasons, mental health, uh, substance abuse, et cetera. But there are resources, and if you know of a veteran who's homeless and you want to help, you give our office a call, give the VA a call. There are, there are navigators that can help them out. Veteran suicide, Nevada was the only state in the union to see a reduction in veteran suicide. Not big. And any suicide is too much, but we're the only state in the union to see a reduction. And I think that has an awful lot to do with, with all of the organizations and individuals out there having this conversation. There's a class called Safe Talk Training. It's a four-hour class, and it teaches you how to recognize the signs and how to have that conversation. And then who to send them to. And those are three really important things. And if you don't have time to go to a class, there's an online class called Psych Armor. You can go online, take Psych Armor. And it'll, how do you recognize it? What do you say? Because a lot of people, they think somebody might be contemplating suicide, but they don't know what to say. So how to have that conversation and then who to send them to. A slide, Fred. So who are we? Nevada Department of Veterans Services. Our job is to make sure that uh, veterans understand and connect to opportunities that will enrich their lives. We have four big missions. And we're going to talk about those in a minute, so I won't read it here. Fred, if we can go to the next slide. And, and one thing people think is we just support our veterans. We also support our reserve, our guard, and our active duty. So we work very closely with those partners. So I'm going to ask Fred to come up and talk about our first uh, mission, our State Veterans Advocacy and Support Team, or VAST. Good afternoon. It's great to be here. Um, and I'm going to wreck the boss's slides, and then we're done. Uh, I just want to talk about our VAST team. That's Veterans Advocacy and Support Team. Uh, that primarily consists of all of our veteran service officers who assist veterans uh, most of the time with the VA claims that they uh, submit through the VA and our service officers, state service officers, are deeply involved with helping those folks out. We have offices uh, throughout the state, but uh, in the south here, of course, we have here in Las Vegas, we have in Boulder City at the home, and then in Pahrump. So we have service officers all over the place. Uh, to help any veteran. Uh, most of these uh, service officers, we have some newer ones, but those that have been established, uh, annual caseload is about 400 cases per VSO. Uh, the amazing thing is that they bring in about $16 million per VSO into the state of Nevada in veterans' uh, benefits. And so we have about 18 state VSOs. And then there's also service officers from VFW, DAV, Paralyzed Veterans of America, Catholic War Veterans, who are also accredited to help veterans take claims and submit those to uh, the VA. Kat? Okay, as long as I'm up here, I will talk about... Cemeteries. Uh, we have two of the best cemeteries in the world, I think. Uh, those are the state veterans cemeteries. We have one in Fernley, and we have one in Boulder City. Just to let you know, the Boulder City Cemetery is the second, and this is probably not a great statistic, but it's the second busiest state cemetery in the nation. One in New Jersey inters more veterans per year than our state cemetery right here. And of course that's just simply because of the growth of the veteran population and that those are aging 
uh, as well. We have interred in our cemeteries, these opened in 1990, and we have interred 55,856 veterans and family members. Um, we can also do the Gold Star parents. Uh, we get back from the federal government for each interment $796 to help us defray costs. We, we get none from or for family members. And so we do charge uh, a little bit. So it's free interment for the veterans. So if you know of a veteran or are a veteran, because we have a number of them here, uh, you can pre-register at the cemeteries and uh, be interred for free. And then your, your spouse or your loved one can be uh, interred for $450. So we're very proud of our, our cemeteries. Uh, if you haven't been to the uh, Boulder City Cemetery, I highly recommend stopping by. We have a wonderful monument section. Uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. And so uh, with that, uh, Kat? Yeah. And stay there for a sec, Fred. We'll get with you in just a second. Um, if we could get the next slide. We also have two state nursing homes. A nursing home is not assisted living. It's where you go if your doctor says you need 24-7 skilled nursing care. It is one of the best in the nation. It's been five-star for six years. Uh, you have to be a veteran. You have to have a need for skilled nursing. Uh, we have more volunteers there than we do have veterans. What makes a, a veteran's home different than a regular nursing home? One, it's got a lot more men. And normally in a nursing home, it's a reverse, 75% women. In ours, it's 75% men. And so the culture is different. Uh, it's, it, it is really amazing to see the camaraderie and the shared sense of community, and it really helps in recovery for those that are coming there for rehab um, and getting ready to go home. We also have long-term care and memory care. If you want more information, there's a brochure on the back table on our veterans' homes. If we could go to the next slide. And this is our community outreach program. Fred, you want to tell a little bit about our upcoming event for community outreach? Community outreach is our biggest business, to tell you the truth. We go to hundreds of places a year to let veterans know about their benefits. And the reason is most of the veterans don't know about the benefits. If you're a veteran and you think you know about them, you're just dead wrong. You don't. Every year, our legislature passes new benefits. Every year, Congress passes new ones. One would just pass on the Blue Water Navy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, well... Let me tell you about the blue. Well, we'll talk afterwards. But the problem is the benefits change so often you don't know about it. And so, Fred, tell them a little bit about community outreach. And just a caveat on that, in the last two legislative sessions in Nevada, 56 bills have been passed in favor of veterans. So that's pretty amazing. Uh, our community outreach, uh, one of the big things is rural outreach. And we, we are doing more and more to get out there and, and do rural outreach. But uh, I especially want to talk about our women veterans. Any women, uh, any women in here have served in the military? Or are serving? There we go. Uh, we have a pin. I have it. Uh, we'll get you a pin. All right. So we have brochures back here. Even if you're active duty, we consider you a veteran. So please pick this up. Uh, uh, we have some benefits. And especially for you, we have a seminar or a conference on February 29th. Yes, the 29th. It's leap year. Okay. So leap year, we are February 29th because March is Women History Month. And we are making that Women Veterans History Month here in Nevada. And uh, we have a conference, panelists, uh, really an exciting uh, uh, 
conference that we are having at Texas Station up in North Las Vegas. So please pick up one of these flyers. If you know of a woman veteran, please provide the flyers to them. We've left them back out on the back table here. And we also have a speakers bureau. So you've asked Kat here today, but if, you, uh, if you're looking at speakers to come out, please uh, let us know and you can go on our website, uh, www.veterans.nv.gov and uh, go to the Speakers Bureau page and there's a list of speakers that are willing to come out and talk to you about a, a, a wider range of issues. Thanks, Fred. If we can do the next slide. And there are many, many, many other state benefits. Everything between um, um, well below market rate home loans for first-time veteran homeowners to uh, you name it. There's a plethora. Some of you are, are familiar with the veteran license tags. Uh, there's also a benefit that veterans can get where they can get a reduction on their taxes, you know, when they go in, a veteran tax exemption. Some of our veterans that are higher income will say, well, I don't need that, so I won't apply for it. Hey, you go in and apply for it, and there's a box you can check, and it says, I want to support the Nevada State Veterans Homes. I mean, go ahead and do that. But the other reason, if you don't claim your benefits, you know, the way we budget in this country, it, it's not zero base. And so if somebody, if you're not using your benefits, likely in the following years there's going to be less money in that pot who veterans who might need it. So, you know, your service to nation has earned you that benefit. That is, that is not a handout. That is something you earn just the same as if you were to invest in the stock market and you got something out. You earned it. Get it, please, for yourself and for the other veterans. Uh, can we go to the next slide? Oh, and Fred... Uh, Fred was going to mention it, but we have this brochure on Nevada State Benefits. It only talks about a couple of them, but it has all the website information and whatever. Please take it. And if you're a family member, it breaks my heart. Sometimes family members don't know about their veterans' uh, benefits. Uh, we had, uh, let me give you a story. Out in Battle Mountain, we had a veteran. Um, had almost no food. Was, it was November, no propane, had run out of it in his trailer. And somebody had told us about him, and we went out there. Turns out he was a World War II veteran. So he was eligible for a pension. That's mon uh, monetary-based pension. If you're below a certain level, you can have one. He didn't know. You know, that $1,872 a month might not sound a lot to some of the folks in this room, but to that veteran who didn't have propane, it was a lot. And a lot of our veterans don't know they're eligible for that. And sometimes there's this idea that you have to be in combat to get veterans. Some benefits are for combat service in theater, boots on the ground. Some of them are combat era. You just have to have served during that period. And some of them have nothing to do with combat at all. So you need to check them out. So legislative action. The only thing I wanted to mention here is every two years we do a legislative symposium. To symposia, because we do two of them. The next one in Las Vegas is on March 28th, 2020, at the Las Vegas VA Hospital. This is where veterans and their supporters just come up and we write down all their ideas. We make up a report. We prioritize their needs. The room is filled with legislators because they want to cherry pick all the good ideas. The report goes to the legislature and the governor. So it's a lot of fun. It's democracy at its finest. I'd encourage you to come out and be part of that. And now we're going to talk about what I consider our most important program, the Nevada Veteran Advocate Program. Thank you, Kat. First of all, uh, we couldn't do what we do without volunteers. We just can't do it. We have... Uh, next slide. Thank you. <laughs> um, we have two minutes, so I'll make this really quick. Uh, we have a brochure here. 
But this has to do with volunteers and people who want to know about veterans benefits. And so we have a 20 module course. We teach it twice uh, in person, twice a year, once here in Vegas, once up north. Uh, if you want more information on how to become more familiar with veterans benefits and how you might want to be able to volunteer or just know for yourself, uh, please pick up a brochure and uh, we'll make sure we get that to you. Uh, it, it's a great program and we'd love to have you involved with that. It's really all about sharing, so please do that. Thanks, Fred. If you'll go to the next slide. And I know you guys do a lot for veterans. Um, oh, Veteran in Care Program. There's information on the back table. I'll just tell you, we're going out to all the nursing homes in Nevada. It's not enough that we're taking care of the veterans in our care. We're going out to all of them, not only to honor them, but to make sure their families know about their benefits. Next slide. Veteran of the Month, Veteran Supporter of the Month. On our website, Nevada Department of Veteran Services, you can put in your organization, yourself, somebody else that supports veterans. Veteran of the Month is for a veteran helping veterans, veteran supporters, or for organizations or in non-veteran individuals. And then the governor will personally present that award. So take a look at it. Uh, Rotary Clubs do an awful lot for our vets. And then the Patriot Employer Program. This is for our employers or their HR folks. I don't get a question, why should I hire vets? I get a question, where do I go to find them? Taking this course will help you help the vet integrate into your workforce, tell them where they can go to find vets, and then also tell you about some of the federal or state tax incentives of hiring veterans. There's a lot. You may not know about all the state tax incentives. Next slide. And operation recognition, if you're a wartime era veteran and you joined the military and didn't get your high school diploma, we want to get you that high school diploma. So if you know of a wartime era veteran who didn't get their high school diploma, we're working with the school districts to make sure they get that in an appropriate ceremony. Next slide. And this is my last one, some thoughts I would like to share. If you can hit the first. And I mentioned this. Many, I would say most veterans don't know about their benefits, and I need help letting them know about them. Think about the Nevada Veterans Advocate course. Next. Most veterans have not served in combat. That does not make their service any less worthy. What makes them unique is their willingness to serve. So on Memorial Day or Veterans Day, be careful when you go up to a veteran and say, thank you for making the ultimate sacrifice. Well, if they made the ultimate sacrifice, they are not there. Um, thank you for serving in combat. Maybe they didn't. What you're thanking for was their willingness to serve. The fact that they were willing to do what our nation needed needed them to do, and that makes their service honorable. Next. Veterans do not need preferential treatment, but they do need help jump-starting their careers and their lives after putting them on hold for two, three, four, five, twenty years. And so that's what we're about. Next. Most veterans who die by suicide did not serve in combat. It's not about PTSD. It's about a lack of connectiveness. The same reason people die by suicide anywhere. They're not connected. But when you get out of the military, that's a huge stressor. You've left your family. I know when I left Afghanistan and I came home, my family said, man, we're so glad to have you. I bet you're glad to be home. I didn't feel like I was home. I felt like I left my family. I left my family in combat. These are all strangers. These are all weird people. You know, I, they're getting excited about stuff and there was no blood involved, you know? I mean, so... so Suicide can happen to anybody who's not connected. Connections are important. Rotary helps with that. Next. 
Again, I've said we can't do this by ourselves. We need our computer partners. Uh, computer, sorry. Uh, you guys. Next. And last, I want to talk about the current generation. There's this idea they're a bunch of couch potatoes. They might start that way. But I am so proud of the men and women I served with in the military. When, uh, uh, when I first took a brigade command, we were getting ready to do a ball, a military ball. And one of the commanders came up to me and said, I'd like to have Marissa Strzok as our guest speaker. Okay, we only have general officers as guest speakers at these things. Who is PFC Marissa Strzok that you want to be the guest speaker at my big formal gala? Well, she was a gunner in our unit, and uh, her team ran over an IED. Everyone was killed except her. She was a gunner, so she was thrown out and lost her legs. And really, most amputees are, happen to our gunners in the MP Corps, and women are smaller. They're usually the gunner because they're not senior and they're not down below uh, driving or operating the radio. So I, I said, okay. So Marissa came out from Walter Reed and gave the speech, and it was very poignant. It was short, and that's not what I remember. What I remember was after, when the band started up and people started dancing. Somebody asked Marissa to come out, and she was just getting used to her legs, and they could hardly, you know, hardly move. And she got out the dance floor, and she was dancing with one of her teammates. And every man and woman in her platoon came up and surrounded them, and they had their arms around each other, and it was like this giant amoeba moving around on the dance floor. And what the military does for our young men and women is it makes them understand there's something more important than their video game. There's something more important than themselves. There's something more important than anything, and that's the people around you and taking care of your friends and being there for them. And that's what they learn, and it's amazing. And I'm so proud to be a part of an organization like that. We have a couple that are serving here currently right now. Let's give a round of applause for those that are currently serving. Thank you. All right, I've used all my time up, right? But uh, questions? Sir? You know, we, we only think of casualties of war like the, the Vietnam War, we say 58,000 dead. They never tell us the other casualties, the disabled. And I wonder if, if there's a statistic, the percent of casualties, because we only think of Vietnam as losing 58,000 casualties. Department of Defense does track those numbers, and I can send them down to your club. But if you go to the Department of Defense's website for casualties, they do assist, uh, they do capture that. What they don't capture is perhaps injuries that happen in the way to a combat zone or to come back from it, or maybe you had an injury and it got worse and you got a secondary injury. There is an app that you can put on your phone called Exposure ED. The VA puts it out. And you can plug in when you served and where you served and some conditions you might be suffering from and also some that are presumptive. Uh, so if you served in the military and know somebody, look at Exposure ED, that app, that will help. But you're absolutely right. The numbers are much, much larger. And that doesn't count the cost of divorces, of, of suicide, of all of those things. War is not pretty. War is not glamorous. War causes casualties in our entire society. But it... You know, the, the men and women who keep us safe, I, God, God help them. Sir. You're getting your steps in today. First of all, on behalf of all veterans, thank you so much for what you do. Really appreciate it. 
So depending on when you joined, what year you joined your particular branch of service, go Navy, um, you were... Uh. You were entered into a particular GI Bill. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get in during the period where they had the Veterans, Assistional, Veterans Educational Assistance Program, VEEP, which is about as useful as about five handles on a frying pan. Do you have the ability uh, afterwards, because I did also 16 years of reserve after that, do you have the ability to move out of that GI Bill, or are you pretty much locked into that? You're pretty much locked in, but with everything, there's exceptions. And so my recommendation here in the Valley, you have one of the experts in the world, Mr. Ross Bryant. He's in charge. He's at the UNLV Student Center, but he'll answer any veterans' questions that you might have on the various which GI Bill you have and what opportunities there are to make changes. Ross Bryant, UNLV Student Vet Center. Other questions? You guys are doing this on purpose to her, right? You're timing them. And also, Fred is a really not, he, he knows a lot about that topic, too, so you might want to grab Fred after, but, but Ross knows more. Kat, I'm going to be uh, bold. Um, I'm going to share with you what our club does for veterans. I'm very proud of our club and what we do for the military, men and women in this valley. We have a program called the Wetzel Awards started in 2004 with a visit to Nellis Air Force Base. And the center commander there asked us, what can we, or we asked the center commander, what can we do to help the military? And he said, help us to honor our enlisted members. Not the officer corps, but the enlisted members. So we came back and put together a program that became known as the Wetzel Award. And every quarter since 2004, we have honored with a significant gift uh, time in town at a hotel, dinner at Lowry's, show tickets, lunch the following week after the ceremonies right here in Lowry's. It, um, we have honored four to five airmen every quarter since 2004. We are in love with the U.S. military here in this valley. Thank you for what you're doing. I I never heard about that award, but I'm going to have my communications director get out with you because I'd love to do a story on it. That's the kind of stuff we need in the Veteran Supporter of the Month Award, not so you can toot your horn, but so you can serve as an example to others about what they can do to help our military and our veterans. So please strongly consider putting in that Veteran Supporter of the Month Award. Any other questions? Okay, then. I'd just like to say on behalf of Governor Sisolak and uh, my staff and me, thank you for that awesome meal. <laughs> and uh, the invitation to speak today. Kat, stay here. We have something else. Thank you for all that wonderful information. There's a lot even I didn't know. So it's extraordinary. Fred, thank you to you, too, wherever you are. There you are. We'd like to present you with our Share What You Can Award, which means we're giving a donation to our local USO in your name. We have a pin, a, a lady vet pin, that we would like to give to the lady vet and to you uh, for your leadership and for letting, helping us spread the word. We have a department coin of excellence. Those of you in the military know what a challenge coin is. So we're giving this to you, and if we ever meet in a bar and I pull my coin and you don't pull yours, you owe me a beer, okay? <laughs> and our lady vet, if you could come up. We have a Nevada Women's Veteran pin for you. 
Once again, thank you very much. In the words of a woman I most admire, Amelia Earhart, no kind action ever stops with itself. One kind action leads to another. Let's leave today building connections, taking kind action, serving one another, and rejoicing in the fellowship of Rotary. Meeting adjourned. We hope you enjoyed the latest podcast from the Las Vegas Rotary Club. For more information about future meetings, membership, and our local service projects, please visit lasvegasrotary.com. Now please go out, take action, and connect the world.